Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. a very interesting question this morning uh, in our in our cure class and it was it was, it was about how you handle the stuff that happens in your life like what you do what you say what you believe about yourself what is true of you and what is true of God and how you know and the and the person who I love very much put me right on the spot and said, so how, how, what do you do with this? And I said, well, something, I'm in the process, and, I, I, and it, it's really knit to this verse. I'm in the process of, of embracing seeing myself the way God sees me and declaring that about me. And there's a difference, and it's a subtle difference, and I, wanna, I want you to see this as a the weapons of our warfare being mighty and that they're spiritual. They're not carnal. And this is where it's come into effect in my life. So I'm uh, speaking a little bit and just opening up a little bit to tell you if it means something and you can grasp onto this. I used to see my spirituality as something that was that stood beside my circumstances of life, of living. What I mean by that is when circumstances happen, I would go to God in prayer. It was someplace I had to move to and go to. Does that make sense to you? You Things happened and I, I would uh, go and talk to him as about, like as though he didn't know it happened. I had to tell him the scenario. I would have to, is this making sense? I would lay out, Lord, this is what's going on with me. And I would tell him what was going on with me. And then maybe by doing that, I could conjure up a little bit of sympathy or something to get God to look at me, to give me the help that I needed. And I even approached my relationship with Holy Spirit that way. So what's what are you unlearning or doing differently now? And it's this, I'm learning to see myself in Christ. Through all of life, I don't have to go to him because something happened. He, I'm in him. He, I, he's already there. He's in the moment. In him I live and move and have my being. And when I see myself in Christ, I, I'm there. He's there with me it's through it all, that song. Through it all, that God's right there. I don't have to go to God to get something. I'm in God. And that the, the term in Christ, I think for many of us, has become a somewhat of a, at least in our times that we live in now, is a religious term to us. It was to me that we don't understand it. And now, in Christ, means something very different to me. Um, Brenda had a picture that the Lord showed her of, of me at one point in time. I'm probably not going to get the 
but I think I was in a bathtub. It was a dream. Do you want to just tell it with a... Uh, I dreamed that there was a bathtub, and Lloyd, I could see Jesus and Lloyd in the bathtub under the water. The water was deep, and Jesus was translucent. I mean, it was bizarre. But it, I could tell it was, I mean, he was like even a slightly different color, and his skin was translucent, and Lloyd was completely inside of him, curled up in the fetal position. And at the time, it kind of freaked me out because I was like, have they drowned? I mean, I didn't know what it was. When I woke up and thought about it later, I realized it was the Lord showing me the picture of being dead and alive inside of Jesus under the water of baptism. You got baptized into Christ. That's how we learn to handle life. God's not... God didn't come to try and fix you and make a better you. God came into your life and changed you. And we're in Christ now as believers. Just like Jesus promised. He's, and I, I really believe with all my heart, this is the way Jesus related to his Father. He didn't see a separation between he and the Father. He was still on the earth in the Father. He talked about it in the Gospel of John. And that's what he actually prayed for us. It's stunning, isn't it? Lord, that they would be in me just as I am in you. Stunning. It's a stunning thing. Well, why does that change things? Because through it all, he's with us, and that's that's this verse. So I want us to read this together again. I believe that there's a spiritual dynamic that when we actually say it out loud and we're hearing ourselves that it does a a ministry to our souls that sort of bypasses something else. It says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It allows us to hear and that, that triggers something that we call faith. So would you say this with me? For though we walk in the flesh... We do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Lord, I pray right now that these weapons that you've given us, the truth, the spirit, the understanding, a glimpse of who you are, a glimpse of God's mercy to us, tied to everything that we know, it changes us. So we receive it this morning in Jesus' name. And so, thank you. It's so strange um, to be dealing with this verse and then I, I had had it come up in other circumstances two or three times and heard each person, real, like, good, like, you know, followers of Jesus and everything, misquote this verse again because they changed the preposition. That last thing, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and 
I heard three times this past week to Christ, obeying to Christ, that I must bring my obedience to Christ. Why is that such a big deal? It's huge. One little preposition, it's huge. Because God's not asking you to obey to Christ. It's not on you. He says, we take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. What he did on our behalf. That's the only thing you can take it captive to. I know me. If I take it captive to my obedience to Christ, I'd be doing that a lot. I did that a lot. And then I went through that whole weird mortgaging my future life in God by what I would or would not do for him. And this is a, this is a profound thing if you can grasp onto this. Is your obedience important? Yes. Yes. But it's nothing compared to his obedience. He obeyed perfectly. And you have to understand this because there's a lot of of discord and understanding about uh, substitutionary work and all that. Christ obeyed for you. Christ obeyed for you. You as an individual person, that's why he obeyed. He didn't obey to obey the law. He obeyed because he knew that his obedience would be a gift given to you. Given to you and I. What was the motivation for his obedience? The law? He was more perfect than the law. He was the law. His obedience was a gift to you and I, out of his mercy, he obeyed to give us from his mercy. I hope you can grasp this. From his mercy, he gave it to us as a gift. And so we've been looking at all these strongholds and how, how they get in there, truths and misbeliefs. So I just want to do this real quickly for review. A misbelief is something that you hold to be true that is in conflict with the character and nature of God and his word. That's why we change prepositions. Because we, we, we have a pattern in our life of seeing it how we think it should be instead of what it's actually saying. God and his word are true truth. Stunning. The, the law is truth, but, but you have to understand this. Jesus wasn't talking about the law when he looked at people. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we often associate the law as being truth. The law is a truth. Jesus is true truth. He is the expression of the truth of God. Hebrews talks about this. He, he says, he was the express image, Jesus coming, and us being able to read what he said and what he taught us. He is the express image of God. It's monumental, isn't it? And then how people didn't see him. You think if God would show up, we'd all go, oh yeah, that's God. You know, we often do that in our own lives. We, see, we have a circumstance or a spiritual experience, something happens. We go, oh, that was so God. He walked right in front of them and he couldn't see that that was so God. We look backwards <laughs> into time and we go, how did they not recognize that? How do we not recognize it? 
How do we look at ourselves and see ourselves something less than what Christ would say of us? Misbeliefs or mindsets that we have that do not have their basis in God's Word and the truth of His being. And they can and do control how we view God and ourselves and our others. Um, there, there's a period of time, uh, if, if you're new to this message of grace or if you're still growing like, like I am, that you kind of feel insecure. You kind of go, nah. oh, wait a minute, I was taught something very different. And then you get that little tension, that little vibrato starts happening in your voice. You go, uh, and you're going, whoa. But, and, and you feel like your moorings have sometimes slipped away. Good. Good. Unfurl the sails and let the wind of the Spirit and stop being so afraid of what you were taught in the past and ask God to reveal to you the breathtaking you in Him and what He wants to do. The amazing things that he wants to take your life through. Stunning. And don't let old ways of thinking. Don't, wouldn't you like to think something new? One of you? I can't think of anything. Seriously, I can't think of when God reveals something to you. When God drops a nugget into you that is something of himself and gives it to you, listen, your whole being starts vibrating and shaking inside of you. You're going, what? And and half the time for me lately, it shakes off old doctrine, old stuff, old ways of that I had to look at God. Well, wasn't that right and true? What if God wants to do a new thing in you? What if God really did answer your prayer and show up and reveal himself to you? What if you really did pray that dangerous prayer and say, God, give me a glimpse of who you are, and it really happened? Would you have your eyes wide shut? We're completely open to what he wants to do. It's scary for a lot of people. I understand that. Oh, man, what a journey. And the me of today looks back at the me of eight years ago and goes, huh, I will no longer be defined by Lloyd eight years ago. I will no longer embrace that, and I will not let God be defined by what I knew of him eight years ago. Because he's alive, and he's alive in me. And that is a powerful spiritual warfare weapon. How do you get there? Apply grace and truth. Remember, it's the operating system of a kingdom. Looking for root issues, discovering the difference between that denial of self and self-denial, which really is humility. Partner with Christ. That's that in Christ. He is with you, each of you, right now. In this moment of time, you're in Christ. 
And when you declare and confess who you are in Christ, he does a work in your heart and in mine. It's a work of grace and truth. And then you can uh, start looking, and I, I took this from the cure, and we got partway through this, and I want to return back to it. This is how you can measure that, that entry, that step, and measure the warfare by looking at, looking at root issues. And so this gets, these questions get at some of the root issues. We looked at, do I measure my closeness to God? And we looked at, do I see myself primarily as a saved sinner or a saint who still sins? These are profound questions. Because they will identify your strongholds. When I talk to God, do I spend more time rehearsing my failures or enjoying his presence? Now look at this next one, because I see this a lot at work. Am I drawn to severe authors and preachers who challenge me to get serious about my sin? Or those who encourage me to trust Christ's new identity in me? You'll often know what's pulling on you by what you read. I found these patterns in my life. Where I needed fixing, I kept going back to those fix-it books. Did you do that? The, The shelves are full of them, by the way. In, in good Christian bookstores, They're, the shelves are just full of how to manage your sin, how to get over yourself, what to do when somebody says, they're, they're full, how to have a life in God. Look at what you're reading. You know, there's a reason I put a book list out. Especially, you know, the, probably at the top should be the Bible. Listen to what you're listening to. Are you drawn to messages telling you, I haven't done enough? Or those that remind me who I am so that I'm free to live out of this life God's given me? And this includes, I'm, I'm probably going to step on toes, this includes prophetic words. Because you can dial a prophet right now on the internet. There's lots of people will tell you what's coming next. And I would, I, yeah, supposedly, and I would tell you, I would give a warning to this body, just as a shepherd, I want to I warn you. When it starts out with, this is the most important message I've ever gotten, and you look back at the seven previous podcasts, and they all say that too. This is, a, I'm telling you, this is the most intense revelation I've ever had. When it starts that, put on your, uh, that meter, of, of don't know if they, and then if they use language someplace in it or this, that for the prophecy to either come true or to keep the prophecy to coming true, that you have to look for any del- deliberate area of sin in your life and that you have to make sure that your relationship with God is okay. When it has that mixture in it, and then they ask for your very best love offering, run away, hit the delete on the button, stop listening to that. Go to the word of God and let his life fill you. You have need, including Lloyd, that anyone teach. You don't have a need that someone teach you. Teaching's good, 
and I'm glad you come here and glad you listen to me. But the Lord has a relationship with you. And if you're ever unsure about it, check with another faithful brother or sister and go, is what I'm hearing like what I'm hearing? Talk to them about it. Talk to somebody. Un- unveil it and get it. But don't do that other stuff because if you're listening to that kind of stuff, you're going to find this in your life. You're anxious about your spirituality. You're insecure about your relationship to God. I will tell you this, and Martin Lloyd-Jones would use this language. I have, in my life now, maybe for the first time, assurance of faith. I can say with Paul, I know whom I believe in, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. I have, Hebrews 10 talks about it, we have this assurance of faith. And the assurance means, I know this is valid and real. And don't let anybody dissuade you from that. Don't let them steal it from you. Now, if you're getting something wacky about your life, yes, that's when we're in community and we go, hey, I think I'm hearing this. Is this right? Search it out. God will show you. That's what I want to get to. Thank you. Look at this. And, and put your own name in this. Do you believe that one day you may achieve being pleasing to God? Or do you convince, and are you convinced that you're already fully changed and fully pleasing? What say you right now? Is your life pleasing to God? Let me re-ask it a different way. Are you confident right now, sitting right where you're at, that God is fully pleased with who you are and you're his delightful son and daughter? Because if you're not, the issue is not God. The issue is the thinking. It's a stronghold issue. So let me say something very boldly about myself. I am the delight of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit this morning. He finds me well-pleasing. He thinks I'm incredible. He even likes my preaching. Amazing. That's what it means. In him we live and move and have our being. We're in Christ And anything, when we're insecure in that, it actually comes down to this one thing. Do you believe what God believes about you? God believes he's in you. He knows where he's at. And he chose you as his dwelling place. It's a complete mindset change. And it starts to affect your daily living. One thing is a nod yes here. It's another thing when the boss is ragging at you on Tuesday at 9 a.m. because you didn't get the project done. 
and then how you feel about yourself. I'm telling you, this is a life changer, a way you... You know, one of the glorious things about me going back and being bivocational is I really relate to what y'all go through. (laughs) Maybe only on a part-time basis, but I really do understand. It's one thing to say it when we're all together and we're all together and we're believing and smiling the best for each other. And then another thing, when you go to a different setting and there's seven people in the room who probably don't like you all that much. Way different setting, but this is, this is what I'm finding in my life. This is true truth. This stuff works. Is my hard effort being spent preoccupied with sin or in expressing and receiving love from others? Do you allow somebody else to love you? Do you allow the body of Christ to love you? Or do you tell them why you're not really worthy of it? When somebody gives you a compliment, do you just say thank you? Or do you tell them why it's only the power of God and that you had to overcome seven obstacles and really you want to abase yourself a little bit more to make sure you're not being prideful in order to agree with what they had to say about you? (laughs) See the machinations that we do and we go through? Do you trust the spiritual disciplines to make you strong? Or do you trust grace to strengthen you? Spiritual disciplines are wonderful. I I do grow by them. But my strength is in Christ. I have no strength outside of Christ. Neither do you. Your strength is in God. Do I believe that God is not interested in changing me because he already has? How do you believe God sees you? Do I read the Bible as you ought, you should, why can't you, when will you? Or do I see it as an invitation of you can This is who you now are. It's so interesting that so many of the scriptures, and it's right there in the scriptures, like when it lays out, you know, these are the people that cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And then it says, of which some of you were. Uh, You're not that anymore. You may have once identified as that, but now you're identified something completely different different in Christ. Well, that means I can go back and do that. You'll never be happy and you won't pull it off successfully. And it will eat your life up. And you'll struggle with Romans 8.1. There's no, therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Being free in Christ, <laughs> Paul said this, uh, all things are lawful for me. But not all things are good for me. Not all things are expedient for me to do. They actually detract from my life. And then they muddle my view of God and myself. So obedience is not a means of relationship to God. Obedience is the fruit of my relationship with God. 
It changes everything. My desires, my needs, my wants have dramatically moved into kingdom stuff. I want to be like Christ. And I don't have to do it by negotiation. Because I'm in Christ. One of the biggest prayers I prayed actually came out of the Martin Lloyd-Jones expositions of Romans. When I read it right there on the page... And that preacher, who knew way more than I do, said, what's true of him is true of you. It shook me to my core. It shook me down to my toes. And I went, wait, you mean I don't have to keep trying to be like him? What's true of him is true of me? That means that every desire that I actually want in me is holy. Driving me to express the life that's already in me. How could it not be that? So we have been sold a mindset trick that says this, that being sinful is easy and being righteous is hard. It's actually just the opposite. God made being righteous very easy because he declared us that. He gave it as a free gift. Righteousness of Christ. Righteousness of Christ righteousness of Christ. He didn't make it hard. He had to make it simple. It was a a, a gift that we could receive by what he did in his mercy at the cross. He gave it to us as a gift. And we think it's easy to sin. I'm telling you this for a believer. You go through machinations in your head. If we get really, if we let the mass down and get very honest this morning... It's really hard for us to sin because you have to plot it out. Because you know, because the spirit of truth resides in you. It's like, oh, I didn't know that was sinful. You're lying. You're, You're vaulting itself against the knowledge of God. You knew it was, and you may have done it in nanoseconds, but you went through this machinations of what you could get away with, when you could talk to God about it again, and you know he's pretty merciful, so I think I can pull this off. That's hard. That's hard to come up with all that inside of you. In nanoseconds, why not instead in him live and move and have your being? Live in righteousness. Live in the delight of who you are. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Living in such a way that this expression of the weapons of our warfare change completely. And instead of in some fantasy barking at the moon trying to get the world to change. I do real life and I go, I'm a changed being. Oh God, what you have done. You get a glimpse of the cross again. You came. You lived perfectly for me. Then you died a death for me. You were buried for me. You rose for me. You ascended, you rose and ascended for my justification. I'm okay. I'm okay. Isn't that really what you want to know in your secret heart of hearts? Am I okay? Like, really, like, am I okay? We, we go to each other's houses and drink coffee and have chocolate eclairs to know that we're okay. And like, tell me, tell me again, am I okay? Listen, you go to a mirror you look in that mirror and say, you are the righteousness of Christ this day. 
God planted his life in you. You have an incorruptible seed that will not stop. It can't degenerate. It can only grow. You will become what you truly are. Stunning, isn't it? It's stunning. So the mindsets cause us to be our worst advocate. Lean on the Holy Spirit. And that, he's actually named that in one translation. Let him be your advocate. I am convinced of this. The Father doesn't see any of us outside of the Son. It's impossible for him to look at you outside of his Son. It's impossible. He can't do it. He came. That was the whole purpose of this whole thing. So that you and I could be in Christ. The weapons of our warfare, they're not found in this life. They're found in his life. I hope you can hear me. They're not found in doing things in this life. They're found in his life. In him is life. And this is how we were designed to live and move and have our being. How do I pray for my loved ones? The same way you received it. That a revelation of him as life would come to them. How do I change my boss? Well, you can't. You can't change your boss. Stop it. It doesn't work. You'll do nine different equations to try and get him to be nicer, including manipulating him. Stop it. Those are not weapons of our warfare. What if instead you turned that you started blessing him in Christ, that every sip of coffee he takes, every time he looks at the news, every time he opens his eyes, every time he looks at himself in the mirror, that God would show up and reveal himself to him. Maybe that's how we pray for ourselves. Why don't you stand with me? I hope this is deeply penetrating. And if you've heard it from me before and it's boring, so what? You need to hear it again. I never get tired of hearing of the cross and what it did. I'm telling you, it's been... It's been uh, Over 40 years of walking with him now, it's still so fresh and new. Because I'm so fresh and new. What he did didn't happen 2,000 years ago. What he did happened now. It's, it's right here. It's right now. May we never tire of what he did. Lord, I pray for us right now that the revelation of the mercy of God would come into our being. That you would spark that gift of faith. It says in Ephesians that even faith is a gift from you. Lord, I pray now for the kissing of mercy and faith. In each of our hearts and minds. That every circumstance of life that is represented here, young and old. That mercy and the truth of the cross would kiss each other. In such a way that dynamic change begins to happen in us. That that which weighed us down in our thoughts and our mindsets and the way we dealt with life would be changed. Lord, I call on that one word that's in your word. 
suddenly. It's suddenly a revelation would come. It's suddenly it would enter into a thought life. That suddenly it would enter into our being. And that we would see you and see ourselves joined, one, complete, whole, justified, sanctified, glorified. Though it seems not through the experience of earth that this is a declared truth and that it is our eternity right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you love each other as you go?